Hey, it's Zeking Plum. So a couple of incidents that have happened over the past couple of weeks have got me thinking about the topic of lying, particularly my response to being lied to. Yeah, I know I don't like it, but why do I have such a strong response to it? And only in certain circumstances. I thought I was onto something, but now I'm not sure. See, I get someone wanting to lie to save face, and I can even make allowances for that, give someone the benefit of the doubt for that. But I almost think there's this fine line of saving face or going after the other person in an endeavor to do the same thing, to shift the focus onto someone else instead. For me, that's when it becomes a problem. But part of the question is, does the liar, is the liar even cognizant of the effect they're having on this other person? In scenario one, I was given a choice, but I wanted to gather more information before making a decision. I didn't want to go with my gut reaction first, because what if I was wrong? I let some time pass while I thought about it, and then I decided to do a bit of a deep dive and check different points of data. One after another, they confirmed my gut reaction, my gut instinct. I then reached out and conveyed my decision, which I thought I did in a polite and friendly way. I found the response rather intriguing. I was told to check my assumptions, and, and the tone was an attempt to shame me for my quote, assumptions, that I was wrong and that they had actually done something differently. And, and interestingly enough, they had gone and created evidence to, quote, prove me wrong after the fact, which did not exist when I first contacted them. And maybe even more interesting, I actually gave them the apology they were seeking. Yet, I don't feel I did anything wrong or anything worthy of apologizing for. There are so many different aspects of this that could be analyzed. Should I have even relayed my decision to begin with? Was it really as friendly and polite as I thought it was? Because why would the person respond with, uh, phrases like check my assumptions and and things of that sort. Why would they create evidence that wasn't there before? Why would they seek to, you know, prove that I was wrong? And then I apologize for something I don't think I did wrong. And And now since that all happened, the behavior of that person has been confirmed. They have followed through on exactly as I perceived they would. So we always went through this entire charade. For what? When it came to that interaction, I'm not sure how much of it I was frustrated with myself or that individual or society. Like, how much of it is that I've been conditioned as an individual or conditioned as a woman within society that I must apologize or I must make things go smoothly. I was frustrated with myself as well because this individual attempted to shame me and I allowed it to happen. I've, I felt it. 
Yet, like I said, I don't think my words or actions warranted it. So was this person trying to save face? Perhaps. Did they not like that I could see through their BS? Maybe. But I don't understand the need to shift the focus or the blame game, if you will, onto the other person. Now, I've been talking about this other person in this scenario, but really, I'm also guilty here because I apologized and that was essentially a lie too, right? I guess in this scenario, what it comes down to is that I don't like being someone else's punching bag or being manipulated by them or coerced by them. And I also don't like allowing myself to be in that position either, opening the door to that. Okay, let's look at scenario two. Parenthetically, before moving on, I highlighted the fact that I lied too when I apologized. But in thinking about it, the difference is, is that that lie is not doing any harm to that other person. Okay, scenario number two. I have a neighbor who also loves music, but she seems to be a bit insensitive to the fact that she has neighbors. To date, she has received uh, a couple of letters from the management company and a couple of visits from the RCMP. A little background. This has been going on for well over a year, and I have been keeping meticulous records I also have an app that re can record uh, decibels <laughs> and I can record the songs and lyrics <laughs> that, that I can hear from here. I've recorded the differences between decibels here in my place to outside her door on her floor, etc, etc, etc. And because she's my upstairs neighbor, I can hear her walking around, the water running when she vacuums. You get the idea. I'm going somewhere with this, <laughs> okay? So each time she is contacted by the management company or the RCMP, she always has a new tales to spin for them. It can't be her, she's been away for the holidays. It can't be her, she doesn't have a television. Oh, it's not her, it's the neighbor on the north end of the building. The latest, oh, she was sleeping and the RCMP woke her up. It must be her hard-of-hearing neighbor, and he was the one listening to the music. I had a good laugh over some of this with the officer just after he left, because he spoke with me on the phone just before arriving, and the music was playing then, and she was walking around, and she was doing all kinds of things up there. She wasn't sleeping. But because her story is plausible, and the music wasn't on or up when the officer arrived, he could only give her a warning. So I guess from her perspective, with each lie she spins, it saves her with her landlord and it saves her with the management company and the RCMP. There are no consequences, no tickets, nothing except a warning. And what does a warning really mean? A fat lot of nothing. But because she does say these things and it happens the way it does, that her music is turned off or down by the time the RCMP arrives, it turns out and it makes it look like I am the girl who cried wolf. The same goes for the management company. 
They don't want to listen to somebody who keeps contacting them over the same issue when the person of in question says they are not doing X, Y, or Z. So while her lies are essentially protecting her from any consequences, they call into question my reputation or my um, word, I guess you could say. So I guess this is where these saving face kind of lies are a little more fuzzy. In scenario one, the person obviously was redirecting focus or blame and putting it on me. In scenario two, I think it's more of a self-preservation type of method. I've thought for so long, what is the benefit to lie, you know, to the management company, to the RCMP? You know, why, why, why do that to yourself? Why put yourself in that situation? Unless you want to continue doing what you're doing with impunity. Ah, and I'm just thinking of something else I hadn't considered. There was an article or a study done that said that when you start to lie, like at first it can be very stressful and very difficult, but the more you do it, the more conditioned your brain becomes to it, your body, the physiology of, of what happens when you lie. So it becomes easier and easier each time you do it, physically and emotionally. So if, if this happens to be a part of that person's life, then, then, then she wouldn't think twice about doing it in these circumstances. But that's purely hypothetical. I don't know her. So all of this rambling has gotten me to, to f come to a conclusion about a few things. I really don't like when someone uses lying as a weapon. I don't like when someone chooses to use me as a victim, and I don't like when I allow that to happen either, for whatever reason. And this other one may just come with a territory of lies, but I don't like when my integrity or my reputation comes into question because somebody else has lied. I think there's this disparity between the genders and that men are encouraged uh, or boys are encouraged as they grow to be confident in their decisions and the choices that they make, you know, the conclusions they come to as they learn. But women, girls are, we, we question things and we doubt and we are not encouraged in many ways to be confident in some of those things. So when we come to a conclusion or we think we know something and then someone calls that into question, it, even if we are 99% sure or even 100% sure, then, you know, we start to wobble and, and wonder, even, even if our head is telling us differently, you know, our head is telling us, no, you're right, you're right, stop questioning this. Maybe part of the reason I really do not like some lies is because I can see how destructive they have been and how destructive they can be. By the way, I mean, some of this is just a generalization, and I know that it's not all puppies and rainbows and, you know, unicorns for guys either, and and not even all women experience what I described, so... 
Um, I hope nobody uh, misunderstands what I'm trying to convey. What is frustrating and at the same time weirdly fascinating to me is that lies by a stranger can be just as disturbing in a different way as lies from those that you know you know and care for and who supposedly care for you as well they just may affect you in a different way the two scenarios i explained today were people i don't know and then i've had people who supposedly love me lie about life and death because they wanted something it's really interesting to think about who the lie really affects, the person who's saying it, the person it's directed to, you know, why it was done personally or whether it has anything to do with society or the individual themselves, their upbringing, you know, their environment, etc. The purpose or the goal behind the lies and each one has, you know, something slightly different about it and affects each person differently between the liar and the person being lied to. Yeah, uh, an interesting topic to think about. And, uh, and I'm going to stop rambling at you about, about it now. But uh, I'm sure I won't stop thinking about it.